You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 835 of the Locked on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you on a Monday evening into Tuesday morning. And thanks, as always, for joining us on the podcast today. Um, coming up will be an interview that I did with Greg Wissinger of the Kings Herald. Um, the Kings have a couple of high-profile guys that Hawks fans often ask me about in Buddy Heald, by the way, who's not a free agent, but someone who could be available in trade, and also Bogdan Vodanovic, who is going to be a free agent um, this upcoming offseason. Those guys have been a, a topic of conversation in Hawks Twitter land, as well as my uh, my mentions in my email box. So I wanted to get um, sort of started on sort of a mini-series with some experts from other teams. I've teased already in the past that the Nuggets are on tap at some point. I have something lined up there as well for Jeremy Grant and Paul Millsap, etc. So not, this will not be the only time this happens, but uh, Greg was gracious enough to talk about some Kings guys through the prism of the Hawks and free agency and this offseason. So that's coming up very, very quickly. Also, the Hawks have a couple of uh, former Hawks, I would say, uh, that were on the Kings roster at the end of last season with Alex Len, Kent Bazemore. Also, Dwayne Devin was formerly in Sacramento, so that's also a topic of conversation as well. So plan to get to here with Greg. Also, I want to remind you to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, as well as following the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Hawks. You can also follow me if you'd like to at BT Roland on Twitter. But all of those subscriptions and five star ratings and reviews really help the podcast to grow. So thank you, as thank you in advance if you've already done that. If you haven't, go ahead and jump on. Always takes a few seconds to give us a five star rating if you enjoy the podcast, as well as telling a friend about the show. As well, we're trying to grow things as much as possible. So thank you very much for go ahead and doing that. Also, make sure to catch up on the archive of the podcast. We had five shows last week. We had a new pod on Monday, all kinds of guests, uh, draft stuff, free agency stuff. Uh, we had Annie Finberg live from Hawks Minicamp last week, etc. So please stay tuned for all of that coming up and as well as checking out what we've already done in the past. Okay, before we get to Greg, a word from our sponsors on today's podcast, and the first of which is rockauto.com. Chain stores often have different price tiers for pro mechanics to do it yourselfers, but at rockauto.com, prices are the same for everyone and they're always low. Instead of changing prices on what the market might dictate, like airlines often do, rockauto.com simply presents all the lowest prices possible. No matter what kind of car or truck you might have, rockauto.com has everything you need, just a few easy clicks, and they'll have it delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is also very easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, choose the brands, the specs, and the prices that you prefer. Rockauto.com is for everyone, and it's not require a membership or an account login of any kind and best of all one more time prices are always reliable at rockauto.com and they're always the same for pros and do-it-yourselfers go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and from there you want to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you to them amazing selection reliable low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com Today's podcast is also sponsored by the good folks at Built Go. Whether it's a mental wall or a physical wall, you can break through it with Go every single day. Built Go is the healthy replacement for your energy drink, but the energy is anything but fake. Instead, it's both lasting and it's natural. Built Go is easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. You can put it in your briefcase, your golf bag, or your pocket to get you through whatever you're facing today. Built Go is essentially a five-hour energy without the same feeling of a crash. Plus, it's natural and it's better for the body as a result. 
There are three delicious flavors to choose from with chocolate mint, peanut butter honey, and chocolate coconut, and Book Go is loaded with the good stuff to ignite your work. Listeners to the show will likely know that I have multiple jobs, and sometimes, some of these late nights especially, I need a little bit extra to get me through the day and especially the night. But BOGO is a fantastic solution to break through my own personal wall. In order to try it for yourself, visit BuiltGo.com. Use the promo code LOCKED to get 30% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. And now, without further delay, here is Greg Wissinger of the King's Herald. Greg, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. How are you doing on this fine Monday evening? I'm doing just fine. Thanks for having me on. It's my pleasure, sir. As I said before, I brought you in. We're gonna we're gonna talk about some of the Kings guys, uh, a little bit of out of the box stuff for this podcast. But I think people will realize what the point of it all is. Um, I'm gonna tease this now, as they say in the business. We're gonna talk about Buddy Heald and Bogdanovich at the end of this discussion. But I want to get into a couple of former Hawks real quickly who are gonna be free agents. Uh, one of them is Alex Lynn who's a personal favorite of mine. The Hawks don't really have a need for a center at this point in time, so not really a Hawks thing. But I'm wondering actually what you thought of him in Sacramento because he was a uh, a controversial player, I would say, in Atlanta, whereas I thought he was pretty solid. Um, people got frustrated with him, and I saw that he was uh, playing pretty well, I thought, in Sacramento. Yeah, he definitely won over a lot of Kings fans in his shorts time in Sacramento. Just... I mean, one, his size was something that the Kings were last lacking, just someone with that just raw size and physicality. And, you know, he just, you know, rebounding tough defense, uh, you know, little shots inside. He, you know, he wasn't flashy. He wasn't an all-star or anything. But, you know, I think that the nice thing for us was that we had no real expectations. You know, any expectations about who Len is or was going to be, has kind of gone away at this point in his career. And now he can just kind of be a solid rotation big man. And I think we appreciated him because of that. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I don't think that anyone would uh, talk about Len like he's this you know awesome player. But I think if you remove the top five pedigree and all that stuff and just kind of evaluate him for what he is, he has some weaknesses for sure. But a guy who I always thought was like pretty solid, like a very capable rotation player, center that does a couple things well doesn't really kill you anywhere and um i was happy to see him have some success out there with the kings uh i want to ask you about the other guy that was a, is a former hawk that was not traded directly to sacramento but got there eventually and that's kent Bazemore, who was uh spent his best years in atlanta um i guess he kind of found it w- once he got to sacramento because he was pretty bad in portland after he had a pretty shaky year in atlanta before that but it seemed like he also found his legs uh, with the kings yeah, and I wonder how much of it also is kind of the same thing with Len, right? Because there was no expectations when he came to Sacramento. He'd had, you know, kind of a rough go at the end of Atlanta, didn't really fit very well in Portland. And Sacramento just really needed that guy who would hustle, do all the little things, you know, was a good teammate, good locker room present, you know, good encore presence. And, you know, Kings fans love hustle guys. So, you know, fell in love with him and it was at the end of the contract, so no one was really too worried about what the money looked like or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of support for him. Uh, there's some Kings fans that really want to bring him back again. You know, others are hoping to go a little bit on the younger side, you know, because uh, Baysmore's starting to get up there. But, you know, if he came back, I wouldn't be upset. I just wouldn't be sure how he'd fit with kind of whatever direction the Kings are going to go next. Yeah, I was going to ask, because, you know, those guys are both free agents, Len's a little bit younger, um, 
and again, I don't think the Hawks are going to bring either, either either one of them back. I'm just more curious. Um, I guess Bazemore would be a more logical fit because he is a wing, and you basically can't have too many of those guys. But um, are you right. ex- are you expecting either of those guys to maybe be back, or is it more of a uh, expect that they will be out the door for this off- this offseason? I mean, I would definitely say Bazemore would be the more likely of the two. Would be my guess. Um, you know, but I wouldn't be shocked if they were both gone. You know. It, it's really tough to predict what the Kings are going to do this summer, though. Having a new GM, someone who hasn't, you know, kind of run his own show before in Monty McNair. Uh, we're all kind of waiting to see what his first move is going to be and, and start to get a feel for wh- how he views team building, you know, what that's all going to look like going forward. Yeah, I mean, that kind of leads me into the uh, the main topic of conversation is that, you know, I kind of had a feel, not to your level, on what the old regime might do uh, in a maddening fashion, I'm sure, for you. Um, yeah. But now with this new front office, there's a lot of questions, and it kind of ties into both Buddy Heald and Bogdan Bogdanovich, because I think, you, you can correct me, but my feeling was everyone was assuming Bogdanovich was going to get matched to any reasonable degree um, by Vladi, and then maybe they would try to look to move Buddy. Has anything changed, sort of broadly speaking, on those two guys? Is there a world in which they could both be still in Sacramento when next season starts? Like, what's sort of the outlook, broadly speaking, for those two in Sacramento right now? Yeah, and you're absolutely right that when Vladi was still in charge, everyone kind of knew the way the summer was going to go. That he was going to match whatever bogey got offered. And then he was probably going to make a bad trade involving buddy. (laughs) That was kind of what we were all bracing for. Um, And now we have no idea. Uh, It could go to where they both are on the roster opening day. Neither one could be on the roster opening day. Uh, You know, buddy healed has, uh, you know, kind of feuded very publicly with, the Kings in the past and and with Luke Walton as the season went on uh, and, you know, Bogdan Bogdanovich is looking to, to get paid a decent amount. He, he wants to be a starter too. So like both guys feel like they should be a starter. Um, and I don't know if the new regime is going to be as loyal to paying bogey as Vladi would have been. I mean, Vladi and, and bogey were really close uh, with Vladi gone. I, I have no idea how McNair values uh, Bogdanovich. If I was a betting man, I think it's still probably a, a little more likely that Bogey stays just because, you know, with all the uncertainty around free agency and what the cap's going to look like, there's a pretty reasonable shot that, you know, Bogey might not get the offer he's hoping to get this summer. And then, you know, he could stick around on the Kings because, you know, if they just keep him on a reasonable contract and then trade him down the road, you know, I could see something like that happening. Um, so yeah, I mean, your guess is really as good as mine at this point. It wouldn't surprise me in any way that this plays out at this time. Yeah, and that's a, it's a weird spot because I like like we both just said I, I had my mind kind of aligned from what we all thought was going to happen there. And you know, I get asked a lot about Bogdanovich. He's one of the one of the better for agents on the market. He's restricted, which is very interesting for a guy who's already twenty eight years old. That's uh, always a dicey proposition. I mean. Just as a player, what do you think of Bogdanovich? Like, you know, through through the Kings lens or whatever. But if he commands some real money, um, it might be interesting because he is again not super young. He's a, he's definitely a good player. But like, what kind of money or would you want him back on if you are the Kings? And I kind of let that sort of dictate how I'm thinking about this uh, through a broader prism. Yeah. So I mean, I'm a big fan of Bogdanovich. I think that he is a. I mean, he's a really good competitor. He's you know, 
a decent enough shooter. He's got good playmaking abilities. So he's very versatile. He's a, a really good kind of got to play side by side along with Fox. Uh, so when Buddy got moved to the bench this season, the Kings suddenly started playing a lot better in their first unit because it wasn't only on Fox to create everything. You, know, you kind of had the, the two creator model that's becoming more and more common in the NBA. Uh, so I really like his fit next to Fox from a playmaking style. But to your point, you know, he's 28 and, you know, Fox is 22. Uh, Marvin Bagley's 21. And if they're, and this kind of goes back to the question of what is McNair's view of the team? And that's what we don't know yet. We don't know if he's going to try to you know, make this team fight for the playoffs. We don't know if he's going to kind of fully start to tear things down and go super young. Um, you know, there's Kings fans on both sides of that fence and kind of in between. So what he does with Bogdanovich and then of course, buddy, I think he'll tell us a lot about, kind of where he sees the team and, and what direction he's going to take it. As far as the money, without knowing what the direction of the team is, it's really hard to say because I think that they'll match or work out some sort of a sign-in trade if there's a, a decent, like, like, as long as he's not too expensive. You know, if he gets up around, you know, 15, 16, you know, 17, 18 million a year, I don't know that the Kings would match given what we know about McNair's desire to maintain flexibility with the roster and, you know, be nimble for like future trade opportunities. It's also length too, for a guy that age, not that he's too old, but if you sign that guy to a four year offer sheet, he's 32 by the end That's of it. That's a great point. And it's like, great you know, point. he's probably going to be fine still at that point. You know, he's not a sm- super small guy. He's not, you know, entirely reliant on athleticism, but it becomes, and this is why I kind of hate, um, research for agency for guys of this age. I don't understand why he's why he's in this boat, but I think there should probably be an age cutoff or something for RFA. It just drives me crazy. But that's more of a sidebar. Well, it drives me. It, it just he he just shouldn't have to be subject to this, but he is. So that's the reality. Oh, and the reason why is because he did not sign a traditional rookie scale yep. contract. He waited to come over to the NBA, and so because of that delay. He, you know, is a different salary structure as far as the contract, and so the Kings still had RFA rights on him. Yeah, I mean, guys like Brad Wanamaker, like who I believe is thirty, is restricted free agent <laughs> this offseason. Tory Craig's in the same boat; he's I think twenty nine or thirty. Um, so it's not like he's the only one, but it just it makes me crazy. Um, last thing on Bogdanovich. What do you make of his defense? Because that, that's a question that I get a lot about the Hawks, because obviously the Hawks have defensive questions, um, to put it kindly, in some ways. Um, is he a adequate defender in your mind, having watched him up close? Like, I think of him as not a great defender by any means, but is he someone that you have to worry about on that end of the floor? Um, I mean, he's better than Buddy Heald, but <laughs> it's, it's faint praise. About to say, low, um, low bar to clear there, I think. But Yeah, I mean, the the big issue is that you know both Buddy and Bogey were very offense-oriented shooting guards. Neither one is particularly good on defense. Um, I'd say that you know Bogey is better than Buddy, but he's still probably in like the bottom half pretty comfortably among like starting shooting guards, I would say. Um, so I would consider him below average as a defender. Uh, and that's one of the other tricky things about pairing him with Fox long-term is, you know, if those are your starting guards, you really have to make sure there's kind of a defensive backstop for the rest of the positions. 
Yeah, it would be the same thing in Atlanta, obviously, with Troy Young. Yeah. They do have Cam Reddish to kind of throw at guys in the back in the backcourt, but it is worth worth pointing out that it would not be uh, a fantastic alignment defensively there, um, especially if you're having to pay big money to get him. Um, Buddy is the more famous guy, so we'll transition to him. Um, you know, there was a back and forth. There was a little bit – I'm not sure if it was a full-fledged rumor, but there was at least some – public discussion about uh, the Hawks maybe being interested uh, along the way uh, with Buddy. No one reported that was like definitely the case, but uh, it's sort of a logical partnership in some respects. On the other hand, Buddy is small. He is a bad defender, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he's not a free agent. That's worth pointing out. He's the guy they have to trade for, and he's on a lar- he's on a very large contract. But, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, but is Buddy like firmly on the trade block? There is a little bit of those rumors like, they might want to do that. He's not happy with his role, all that stuff. Like, where do you think it stands right now, even with the acknowledgement that we don't actually know? Yeah, I think that he is certainly available. I mean, I, you know, obviously, again, we don't really know how McNair's going to view the assets on the team, but I can't imagine him looking at, you know, Buddy's contract, Buddy's age, and Buddy's attitude and saying, this guy's untouchable. You know, I, I think that he could be had, but I also don't think that he's going to be traded just for the sake of making Buddy happy. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, and this was some reporting that came out in the past week, because uh, Jason Jones of The Athletic reported that it's gotten so bad this summer that like Buddy's just ignoring Luke Walton's phone calls. And then another local reporter uh, from NBC Sports, James Ham, followed that up by basically saying that King's know it's happening but they aren't really too worried because buddy is a really hard worker like you can always know he's going to come in in shape you know the dude is absolute gym rat like he'll come in ready for the season even if he's been pissed off and non-communicative all summer so they're not really too worried about it um i i think a deal could be had but i also think the kings are going to be careful that they don't get fleeced in any sort of trade for him yeah, and that's the natural follow-up because, you know, it's four years, 94 million, something like that for Buddy. It's a large contract. I personally believe that that is probably a little bit underwater. With that said, you know, teams don't like to sell low on guys and they may not want to just like dump him for nothing. That's kind of the question with, in my mind, with regard to Heald is like what, how motivated would the Kings be to get off of him? Because if they're not very motivated... I can't imagine it being super easy to move him because I'm not sure how many teams are going to rush to try to trade um, real assets for a guy who might be properly paid. Like maybe, do you think that's, do you think that, that I'm wrong about that? Cause I feel like if he was a free agent this summer, there's no way he gets that deal again. And I think part of that is obviously the current cap situation is different than it was last summer. Um, yes. A key to remember with Buddy's deal is before he spent a season being misused by Luke Walton, that contract was pretty universally praised as being a, a pretty decent value. Uh, and not just by Sacramento people. Like that was kind of the, the national narrative was that it was not a bad contract. It, it's pretty heavy on incentives uh, and it decreases each year. So like this year, he's going to be making $24 million, uh, this upcoming season, I should say. The following year, 22, then 20, then 18. So it goes down over time. So it's a very smartly structured deal where it's less and less of a cap hit as Buddy gets older. And you also got to remember that he had kind of a down year and was still one of the best three-point shooters in the league. The only player to made more threes than Buddy Hill this year was James Harden. And Buddy shot, I think it was 39% this year. 
on like nine attempts a game. I mean, so he wasn't as high percentage wise as he'd been the past couple of years, but the volume scoring from deep is still there. And I could easily see some teams talking themselves into the idea that, okay, the contract is not going to kill us long-term. You know, it gets easier to move again if we needed to down the road. He's a got a an elite skill in his three-point shooting and the rest you can maybe just chalk up to being the Kings. You know, maybe you can use him better, <laughs> keep him happier, and and then he's fine, right? So um, I, I think that there's a very easy way for a team to talk themselves into uh, trading a decent package to get Buddy Heald. Yeah, I think that actually all makes sense. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at, th- at this through, through the Hawks lens. I think there are certain teams in which it'd be easier to do that. I think the Hawks you know which i'm not asking you i'm not asking you to be a be a hawks expert but i think it's it's a tougher sell for the hawks in particular because of the fact that he is fairly small and as we talked about earlier he's a pretty bad defender uh, and putting that guy next to Trey Young for 4 years when buddy will be 28 in december himself it's not uh, a great fit with the hawks like he would obviously help the offense like you said he's a fantastic shooter that's something we have to emphasize is that buddy is a very very good offensive player the shooting is very real and to that end, like the Hawks do need shooting, but defensively, I personally think it's kind of untenable to have that guy on your roster making 20 plus million a year next to Trey Young. I'm just not sure how that's supposed to work because eventually, even if you try to stagger them, etc., they have to be able to play 20 minutes a game together. And I just don't see that really as a, uh, a, a tenable fit defensively. I could be wrong about that. Maybe, maybe Travis Lang sees, sees it differently than I do, but that'd be my sticking point and why I wouldn't want to pay market value for it, buddy. Like, yeah, if they're going to give him away or attach him to get off of him, that's different. But if I'm going to have to trade real assets as the Hawks, I probably wouldn't do that. Yeah. I mean, when the rumor came out, it, it didn't make a ton of sense to me. And like I said, I'm not a Hawks expert, but you know, I follow uh, the Hawks enough because they're an interesting team. Trey Young's fun to watch and all that. And you know, I think having a guy like Capella as kind of that defensive anchor could help some of that. Um, but at, at the same time, I mean, you know, the the age fit between Buddy and Trey would be similar to the same as you have with the age fit between, you know, Buddy and Fox. And yeah, I mean, you got the same issues there. There's a ton of shooting, but no defense. And, you know, and and if we're being honest, Buddy's a great shooter outside of his three-point shooting, though. There's not a whole lot else he can do for you offensively. You know, so he can't he can't create off the dribble. Luke Walton tried a lot of that this year, and it did not go well. Uh, so he's not doing a whole lot for you beyond just his shooting and the spacing he provides. Right, and, you know, <laughs> The age thing is, uh, he's not he's not too old, but given it's a four year deal again, it is declining. That is important to point out that the deal it looks better because it does go down, as you said. But I don't know. It's it's interesting to me. I think the reason probably that he has been linked to the Hawks and he might be again is something I've said before on my podcast, but I'll say it again now. The Hawks are a team that is just like ripe to be linked to any good player making money because the Hawks have, have a ton, money. They have a ton, they have a ton, <laughs> they have a ton of cap space. Um, you know, Buddy, I think for as much as the jokes are out there about how old he is, he's still viewed kind of as a young-ish player because of the draft that he was in. I know he's not young really anymore, but people might view him that way nationally. And the Hawks have assets to trade. Like I, I can, I can sort of see why it would be there. 
I think if you drill down, the fit doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But I, you know, the Hawks are be linked to almost everyone. They've already been linked to Jeremy Grant and Davis Bertans. Um, you'll, you'll probably hear Bogdanovich at some point. If, if I'm Bogdanovich's agent, I'm probably leaking that the Hawks have interested in him at some point in time because they want to have the asking price get up, and everyone that's a free agent should be doing that. So I uh, keep your guard up. What I've been telling Hawks fans, but. I don't know. Ultimately, would it stun you if Heal was still on the team? I, mean, I think you are, I sort of referenced that earlier. Taking the Hawks out of the equation, it does seem like they have to do something, but maybe they'll just run it back again and match on Bogdanovich and see what they have for another six months. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where even if you feel like Heald isn't going to be a good long-term fit, you know, maybe you start the season with him. Um, McNair's made some comments that suggest he he may have some influence on uh, how Walton coaches and runs the team this year. And so maybe Buddy can look a little better. Maybe he can regain a little bit of value. You know, maybe you just trade him at the trade deadline where, you know, half a year of his most expensive year of his new contract is already over. You know, that could, that alone could be enough to make him a little more palatable to teams. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if he was still there, but it also wouldn't surprise me if he was gone. Yeah, and I think that's actually, if you read the things that are out there, it does feel like it's almost inevitable, but you seem a little bit less convinced, which I understand. I mean, if I'm the Kings, you probably don't want to have to, at minimum, attach anything to get off of him. Like, if you could just dump him. Like, my last question to you, by the way, is about sort of that same thing, and it's it's a very short one, so don't feel like you have to go long on this, but... What happened with Dwayne Dedman in Sacramento? I, I like Dwayne Dedman. I always have. Uh, he was objectively terrible in Sacramento. And he kind of found it again a little bit in Atlanta. I like Dwayne. I think he was very good the previous two years. But things just kind of fell apart there. Did, did you have any insight on that? Now, now that he's back on the Hawks, it might be relevant to me. So I was really excited when they signed Dedman. Because he, he was good. Paper, <laughs> he was good. I mean, he was so good in Atlanta. And on paper, he checked every box of like, the type of guy you wanted to pair next to Bagley and, you know, the type of big who would work well with Fox, you know, a big who could, you know, defend the paint, who could create spacing. Like it made all the sense in the world. And then Deadman forgot how to play basketball. <laughs> like It was so, um, it was so weird. I mean, honestly, you know, I, I'm afar. I was not watching every Kings game, but you, oh, know, you, you see, you see box scores, you watch some league pass and it's just like, Dwayne, what, what's happening? And it sounds like, it wasn't just like a fluke either. He just didn't, he just didn't have it for whatever reason. He's not that old either. It just kind of fell apart. I don't know what happened. I mean, I, I think there's a couple of factors that probably play in, right? Because, I mean, he, he's he got, you know, a, a young family. He's just kind of getting into the family life. You know, he suddenly moved across the country. You know, everything's completely different. And, you know, so that's some kind of off-court stuff that may have contributed. But then I also think that Luke Walton's system – you, know, you may notice a recurring theme on my criticisms of last year's Kings, but <laughs> I don't think Luke Walton's system really set him up for success much in the same way that Walton constantly tried to have Buddy Hill do things that Buddy Hill is bad at. Uh, like Deadman wasn't taking corner threes. He was taking above the break threes, which are not his strength. He was, you know, having to, you know, run and, and do dribble handoffs and things like that. That just, I mean, now, part of the issue is you expect any NBA player to be able to throw like a three foot pass and Deadman failed at that on numerous occasions before he got benched. Uh, but at the same time, I just don't know that Walton knew how to maximize him or adjust his system to make Deadman successful. Yeah, that all makes sense. And I, I didn't want to do a ton on Dwayne because, you know, I, I still think he, he can sort of find it again in Atlanta. He's now 
a backup, a highly paid one, given the deal he signed in Sacramento. But they <laughs> they wanted to trade for him basically to have the voice in the locker room. They still like his uh, his presence, and I think they can rehab him a little bit. He was a little bit better once he got to back to Atlanta. But I had yeah. to ask since we were talking about the Kings, uh, Dwayne uh, didn't go. It didn't go well. So I, I felt bad for all parties involved there. I'm a fan of Dwayne, and I also wish it would have worked for the Kings as a team that I I like to watch a little bit. They last year was kind of frustrating, but the year before that was kind of fun actually. Yeah, they were fun, and then they fired that coach. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, they did. Um, all right, well, Greg, th- thanks for giving me so much time, man. Uh, please go ahead and plug what you got going. I know you've launched a uh, a new entity in the somewhat recent past that uh, is covering the Kings, and uh, you've moved your talents there, so please plug that. Hawks fans can hopefully uh, learn more about Buddy and Bogdan and more uh, checking, by checking that out. Yeah, so... Uh... In April, we launched the King's Herald, so it's just kingsherald.com, and you know, we it's a whole crew of us that used to be over at Sacktown Royalty, and now we've started our own thing, and you know, we've got constant updates and coverage and communications and you know, discussion boards, and it's a really great community. Um, on Twitter, it's at Kings Herald, and then I'm on Twitter at Gwiz G W I S S. Check it out, uh, Hawks fans, or at least like you know, click click around on the website sometime. Like do 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 some stuff to support Greg now that he's given us his time. And uh, even if you're not terribly interested in the Kings, hopefully this was a uh, an, an informative conversation. Greg, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, people should be following you for sure, and uh, I'm sure I, I can find a time for us to talk again soon. Maybe maybe if, the, if these teams actually work out, work out, work out a trade, or if Bogdanovich signs, I will uh, call you back into service. You got a deal. (laughs) As for everybody else, please subscribe to the podcast and we'll see you next time.